What's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of this lovely program. I appreciate everybody listening and joining me today. I hope you're having a wonderful day. The football season is obviously over, right? We do have some FCS matchups. If you don't know what the FCS is, that is one AA football, some HBCUs, etc. Uh, Deion Sanders, if anybody didn't know, is now the head coach of Jackson State University, which is in Mississippi. They won their first game 53-0. to uh, they're going to be the forces in the FCS. I mean, it, it's going to be really cool to watch Deion Sanders coach that football team 100%. But since the football season is over, obviously we have offseason things going on. We need to transition as a show here. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA. Now, I know most of you listening to this probably haven't been watching the NBA because who wants to watch early season NBA, right? You know what? I do. I'm the type of guy who likes to watch early season NBA. So if you know anything about the NBA season landscape, it normally starts late October. You have the all-star break around mid-February, and you're transitioning into the playoffs at the end of April. Since the NBA had to uh, back up its season and go into a bubble last year, the season ended in October, right? Early October, which is very, very different compared to ending a season in June when that would normally happen, right? The season ends in October. Guess when the NBA started back up? December. They started back in December. Adam Silver in the in the commissioner's office said, "You know what, guys? This for the next two years until we're able to get back on track, we're gonna have to do this shortened schedule." So I thought, you know, having only a month and a half break, especially for the final two teams, the Los Angeles Lakers and my my Miami Heat, uh, I thought they would struggle early on. I did, and the Heat have struggled obviously, but the Los Angeles Lakers haven't. And I thought most teams in general, coming off of a bubble, you know. I thought this was going to be a really bad season of basketball. You know, until the playoffs, I was like, I am not watching this. This is terrible. Like, these guys, they had no rest, no breaks, and they're supposed to come off and play good basketball and entertain millions of people across the world, right? That has happened. The NBA season has been exciting. There are things going on, things happening, moves being made for teams that I had no idea that were going to go on. I want to start off with first. Who is leading the MVP race? Because I do believe this is a pretty important award when it comes to the NBA season, right? For the last two seasons, back-to-back, a man by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo, okay? That is his real name if you don't know who that is. The Greek freak, the man is seven feet tall, about 260 pounds, can move like a guard. He can't shoot like a guard yet. Maybe if he develops that, he will be the most dominant player in basketball, no doubt about it. Giannis Antetokounmpo has won the NBA MVP for the last two seasons, right? I want to throw out a stat real quick because, yes, Giannis is a big man, right? He, he technically, if you look at him, you're like, well, that is a large human, right? However, he does not play the position of a quote-unquote big man in the NBA, right? Giannis plays forward. He play he plays on the wing. He plays up top. You take you see him carrying the ball up. He is not a center, right? When you think of centers, you think of Shaquille O'Neal. You think of Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, guys who are on the block. The block meaning the inside, really close to the basket, who are on the block, getting rebounds, getting points absolutely bullying people on the basketball court. Now, uh, I understand completely that 
when Shaquille O'Neal was in the NBA, there was nobody that was more dominant when it came to the sport than he was. Meaning that there was no not a single person in the NBA who was able to stop that man one-on-one. Meaning there was not another big man in the NBA for Shaq's entire career, his entire 18-year career. There wasn't another gentleman who could stand in the block and battle it out with Shaq. That's just what it was. Shaq dominated the NBA. He was the last quote-unquote big man to win the MVP. In 2000, this 1999 to 2000 season, Shaquille O'Neal wins the league MVP. That is the last time we've seen a center win the award. This season is a lot different, right? It is a lot different. The game has changed, obviously, since Shaq has been there uh, to now, right? The the NBA is more perimeter-based. A lot of teams like to play small ball, meaning a lot of teams don't like a big guy. They don't need a big guy. Example, the Brooklyn Nets. I understand they have Andre Drummond, but Kevin Durant is a guard. Yes, he's six foot 11, he, but he moves like a guard. He plays on the outside. They like to play small ball, right? They don't need a big guy to score points. They don't need a big guy in the block to get rebounds, right? There are some teams, however, in the NBA who have unique big men who are able to do it all. And there are two gentlemen, two gentlemen at the top of the MVP race who both happen to play center in the NBA. The first man on that list is by the name of Joe L. Embiid. Now, Joel Embiid has been in the league for quite some time now. He is seven foot one, about 260 pounds, an absolutely dominant NBA player. For the last couple seasons, though, guys like Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, etc., have been incredibly critical of Joel Embiid. They've said this guy isn't tough. He's not. He's he's not a clutch player. He can't dominate on the block. This season is a lot different. It is a lot different for Joel Embiid. Let me tell you something. This guy is averaging 30 points a game. As a center, he is going 30 points a game, 11 rebounds. He's got a couple blocks a game. The Philadelphia 76ers are leading the East right now solely because of the play of Joel Embiid. You know, you look at Ben Simmons is on that team. Yes. Okay, let me get something straight about Ben Simmons real quick. That man was set up to be the next LeBron James. He was. When the hype came, everybody saw him. He's an Australian kid. He went to LSU. He was the number one overall pick. The guy's six foot 10, 230 pounds. He's fast. He can move. He can pass. He can do everything, right? That's LeBron James. When you look at LeBron James, okay, six foot eight, 250 pounds. He's a better passer than anybody in the league. He's one of the best scorers in the league. He's one of the best defenders in the league. That was supposed to be Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons cannot shoot the basketball. And hey, what do you need to do to win games in the NBA? You need to score points, right? And Ben Simmons does not score points. However, Joel Embiid has been firing from all cylinders. And Joel Embiid is a big man. And, you know, he's not lanky. He's not lean. He's not a a Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know Giannis has a ton of muscle mass, right? But Joel Embiid is thick. He is thick. He is big big. He can bully anybody on the block. Not only that, you can put him out 30 feet plus and he will drain three-pointers. That's what he does. He can shoot the ball. Joel Embiid by far is at the top of the MVP race. Another center who is right behind him, in my opinion, some people think this guy might win, is a man by the name of Nikola Jokic out of De- out of the Denver Nuggets. Now, if you don't know this guy, he's about seven foot one. You know what I'm saying? A huge just bully. He's a little bit different than Joel Embiid. He stays on the block. 
The Denver Nuggets like to play this where Jamal Murray and a couple other guys are on the outside, and you got Jokic dominating the block. He's putting up 26 a game and 11 rebounds. To add to those 11 rebounds, at the center position, Nicole Djokovic is putting out 8.5 assists per game. That's amazing. From a center, putting out 8.5 assists a game, that is absolutely incredible. He is in one of the toughest divisions, though, in, in the NBA. Obviously, the West is so much better than the East. It's not even comparable. I do believe at the moment the Denver Nuggets are the seventh team in the West. So, you know, not great, but they are a good team. You know, they got Jamal Murray and a couple other guys. But you're, you're going to face really, really tough teams in the West. That's just how it is. There's another team out there, the Phoenix Suns, who haven't been good for a very long time. They're playing phenomenal basketball right now. DeAndre Ayton's playing great basketball. So, you know, the Denver Nuggets are going to have some problems. They went pretty far uh, in the playoffs last year. I believe they got to the uh, Western Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken, and lost to the Lakers. Uh, Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid are at the top of the MVP conversation. We haven't seen a center win since 2000. It would be pretty cool if one of these guys won just for the league. A couple other guys who are also in contention. Obviously, the man uh, that we just talked about, number 23 for the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James is always in that conversation. He's putting up 25 a game. He's putting up eight assists, eight rebounds. This guy's 36 years old. This is his 18th NBA season. He got into the league when he was 18 years old. And if you watch a Lakers game right now, and right now they're not the Anthony Davis, which if you didn't know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are now in the Lakers together. They, they won the championship last year in the bubble, which, by the way, will have an asterisk on it for, for the rest of history. Right. The 2020 NBA season, anything in with with the coronavirus and sports will have an asterisk next to it. That's just you know, that's how we're going to have to talk about it. But LeBron James, four time NBA champion, four time MVP. Okay, which is insane. Could be on track to win his fifth MVP. Not only that, could be on track to win his fifth NBA championship. LeBron James is playing great basketball. It's just, it's insane, right? I mean, you guys know I'm a Miami Heat fan. Always have been. Always will be. I was very spoiled with his tenure uh, in the Miami Heat, obviously. Seeing Dwayne Wade, who is my favorite player, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, win a couple championships. Obviously, that was incredible, right? But LeBron James, he's the best player in basketball. He's the greatest player in the world. I don't care what you say. I don't care Kevin Durant. Bring all the other guys in. There is not a guy on the court who is six foot eight, 250 pounds, has a 45-inch vertical, can run with anybody in the league, meaning that he can be down the he can be from one side of the court to the other side of the court in about four or five steps. That's that that's LeBron James. He can drive, he can play defense, he can shoot the three. He potentially could win another MVP. I, I think this time away from Anthony Davis, you know, him being injured. That might help his MVP conversation, seeing if they, if they still dominate. They've won a couple games right now. The Lakers are tied for second in the West with the Clippers and then the Utah Jazz being the number one team in the league. Look for LeBron James. Also, uh, look for one of my favorite players in the NBA at the moment, uh, Mr. Damian Lillard. Go, go on YouTube right now and watch Damian Lillard clutch moments, right? There has not been a player who has hit more primetime shots, and these shots are not easy. They are not easy shots. Damian Lillard, primetime Dame. Everybody says Dame time. 
You know what I'm saying? If there's five seconds left on the clock. Okay, ready? Scenario time. I love playing scenarios. Five seconds left on the clock. I have one person to shoot a three to win the ball game. You give me Steph Curry. You give me Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Damian Lillard. Think about that lineup right there. Think about them. Steph Curry, arguably one of the greatest shooters the NBA has ever seen. Kevin Durant barely misses. James Harden, he's a wild card, but he puts down shots. Give me Damian Lillard every day of the week. That man has a clutch gene. He's from Weber State. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. He's never gotten the respect he's been given just because of the team he plays for, the Portland Trailblazers. You know what I'm saying? They haven't really put pieces around him. They need a big market guy. But Damian Lillard's putting up 30 a game. Look for him, you know, to be at the top of the MVP conversation. That guy just puts down buckets. I love watching him play. If he's on TV, regardless of time, I'm going to watch it. He's a guy who will give you 30 points whenever he wants, give you 40 whenever he wants. That's elite talent. I absolutely love Damian Lillard. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. You know, the all-star rosters came out. And uh, Damian Lillard, even though he's putting up uh, 30 points a game, you know, eight or nine assists a game, for some reason isn't a starter, which is incredibly insulting. Uh, the The Portland Trailblazers are the fifth team in the, uh, in the West right now. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic uh, was selected for the all-star team. Which, you know, I get. He's a very good player. But the Mavs are also out of playoff contention at the moment. So if I were, you know, voting on the NBA uh, All-Star game, I would look at that and be like, huh. You know, uh, Damian Lillard seems to be making more of an impact on his team than Luka Doncic. I think we should give him that uh, that award. So those are the MVP candidates right now. We obviously, we haven't hit the All-Star break yet. It's still very early on in the NBA season. Who's playing good basketball and who's playing bad basketball? Some surprises potentially that are playing good who could make a run. There's a team out west who has been playing good basketball for the last four or five years, and that team's the Utah Jazz, right? We all remember, you know, John Stockton, Carl Malone, the mailman. The Utah Jazz are a very historic franchise when it comes to the NBA, right? They're playing phenomenal basketball right now. They're playing really well. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Mike Conley is a very underrated player. I understand that they're paying him a ton of money to be there. He's playing great. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell is playing out of his mind. The Utah Jazz, unfortunately, they every year they're in the top three or four slots when it comes to the West, and they can never figure it out. Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, he's a little bit overrated in my opinion. He's a true center, right? Rudy Gobert does not like to go out to the perimeter. He wants to be in the block, and if teams want to play smart, against you they're gonna pull somebody out Anthony Davis can play at the corners he can play at the perimeter and stuff like that if the Utah Jazz and the, and the uh, Lakers play each other in a series uh, the Lakers are gonna dominate that series solely because they're gonna have Rudy Gobert is gonna be on Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is gonna be playing all four all all corners of the of the uh, basketball court right Rudy Gobert is going to have to follow him that leaves the middle open for guys like LeBron James etc so that's how you beat the Utah Jazz pull Rudy Rudy Gobert out of the middle and dominate just put points on him they're a great defense but put points on him you got to remove him from the game and it's pretty simple how you do that you you take your big guy and you move him all around the court don't put him in the middle don't put him in the middle. This isn't 1990s. This is in the 80s. Get him out wide. You know what I'm saying? Let Anthony Davis work. Let Joel Embiid work. The Utah Jazz are leading the West. 25 wins, 6 losses. Good for them. Guess what? It won't last. Sorry, they're not a playoff team. 
Tied for second in the West, we have two teams, the Los Angeles Clippers and we have the Los Angeles Lakers, right? The two teams out in LA. Now the Clippers, they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on that team and the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Let's get something straight about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, right? Kawhi Leonard, obviously the claw, he he's won an NBA championship or two. He, he's a very good basketball player, as, as well as uh, Paul George. In clutch time, meaning uh, five minutes or less in the fourth quarter, if you're five points uh, leading or five points back, right? This is five minutes, fourth quarter. You're either losing by five or you're winning by five. The Los Angeles Clippers are the worst team statistically in clutch time. They only have one speed, is fast. We're going to play fast. We're going to get it down. Boom, Paul George. Boom, Kawhi Leonard. Quick, 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 quick basketball, right? They're also a great defensive team. Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard are some of the best defenders in the league, right? But if you're not playing good basketball when it matters in the clutch time, if you're not setting up plays to, you know, put your shots up, you're not going to win. And we saw that. We saw that last year in the NBA bubble. The Clippers didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't. They got beat by the Denver Nuggets. They're going to start off great. They're going to start off hot because in the NBA, you're going to win games based on your players. But when it matters most in the playoffs, look for the Clippers to once again be taken out early because they can't get it done when it matters most. They are playing good basketball at the moment. Doc Rivers is the head coach of that organization. But look for them to fall off late in the playoffs. The Lakers, like we talked about, I'll touch on them quickly. Obviously, Anthony Davis is out right now. Kyle Kuzma is playing really good basketball, better basketball than he has his entire NBA career. So, you know, their bench isn't as deep as you'd like it, but they got it done last year against the Miami Heat. They won the championship. I I personally think that this is going to be the team out of the West. You know, I know Utah and LA and the Phoenix Suns are playing great basketball. That will not last. You know, you, you just, you can't bet against LeBron James. James. He goes to championships. That's what he does. It's like Tom Brady. He, he, he'll be in the Super Bowl. He'll be in the NBA Finals. That's LeBron James. I think the Lakers will be the team out of the West. Let's go over and look at uh, the East, the East Coast. There are a couple teams playing really good basketball. That is, that's not normal for the NBA landscape. It's usually about one or two teams have a chance to, you know, get to the finals in the East, and that's about it, right? There's a team out there, the, the Brooklyn Nets, okay? And if you haven't been keeping up with basketball, the Brooklyn Nets now have a super team. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden have joined forces in Brooklyn to become one of the best teams in the NBA. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, you know, we've tried that we've seen this before, right? You know, how will these guys be able to click? How will they be able to gel? Let me tell you something. When you have three guys with this caliber talent, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, you could all make arguments for them that they're the best player in the league. You can make that argument. You know what I'm saying? And now they're playing together. And Kyrie Irving recently came out and said, look, I'm not the point guard of this team anymore. James Harden is the point guard of this team. James Harden, at the moment, is leading the NBA in assists. In assists. If we know James Harden, we know him putting up 40-plus points a game. James Harden is becoming a facilitator. He's becoming a playmaker for the Brooklyn Nets because you have guys like Kyrie Irving and guys like Kevin Durant who can shoot the basketball like crazy. The Brooklyn Nets right now are a game behind the Philadelphia 76ers. Kevin Durant has had some injury issues. You know, he, he was injured all last season with that broken foot. 
the games that he has played, he's looked really good, but also with COVID protocols and stuff, he's been out and, you know, all this other stuff, right? They've all had their own issues this entire season. That's why I think the media and like, especially sports media is looking at the Brooklyn Nets being like, they have way too many problems, right? They won't be able to, they won't be able to do it. Let me tell you something. This team is going to win the NBA championship. This team right here will win the NBA championship. Let's look back at the Golden State Warriors, okay? Their dominance for four or five years. They went to the finals every week, every year. They won three championships because they put up points. Their defense wasn't great. The Golden State Warriors did not have a great defense, but they put up points when it mattered most. The Brooklyn Nets right now are leading the league in not only points per game, but also field goal percentage. They're shooting the best out of anybody in the league. Their defense is giving up some points, but when you look at it, they're shooting 50% from the field, which is insane for an NBA team. You never see a over 500 when it comes to shooting percentage. The Brooklyn Nets, when everybody is healthy, it doesn't matter what the 76ers are doing. It doesn't matter what the Milwaukee Bucks are doing. It doesn't matter what the Indiana Pacers are doing. Anybody that has a chance, the New York Knicks, who right now are going to be in the playoffs and, and have the best team in basketball, even though they have one of the dumbest owners in the NBA, Jimmy Dolan. Anyways, the Brooklyn Nets. If I if I can make a prediction right now, they are going to sweep uh, three series or, or two out of the three series in the East, okay? And then they'll have a good battle with the 76ers. But there is no way, regardless of Kyrie Irving's mental health problems, which by the way, you know, he had to take a break for a couple days. You know, he said, you know, his mentals weren't right. I think that should be normalized personally in the NBA. If you're not feeling it up here, don't play. Don't make your team worse. Sit out and get right. You know what I'm saying? He also believes that the earth is flat. So, you know, right? Like, Kyrie, pick a lane. Pick a lane, bud. But regardless of that situation, Kyrie Irving is playing better basketball than I've ever seen him play when he's not thinking about how the earth is flat and if JFK got assassinated by the mob, right? He has come out and said all of this before. Hey, buddy, let's not do that, right? Let's, let's, let's keep it under wraps. KD has had his own injury problems, like I said, with COVID. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be the team out of the East, and that's just, uh, that's just it. The only other team that'll give them problems down the line in the East. Obviously, the team we talked about, the Philadelphia 76ers. You might be thinking, Trent, what about the Milwaukee Bucks? What about the two back-to-back uh, -back MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo? Pretty simple, Giannis. Uh, you should have got out of town when your contract was up. Giannis Antetokounmpo signs a max deal, five years, $225 million. Good for you, pal. Get your money right. But that's in Milwaukee. You're, you're not at a big market team. You don't have a ton of pieces around you. Maybe should have gone somewhere else, right? I thought when, when the season ended, I said, watch Giannis Antetokounmpo go join Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors. Imagine that you got a punisher like Giannis who can go from the three-point line in a step and make a layup. You got Steph Curry who never misses. He's leading the league at three-point percentage and three-pointers three made in a game. He's putting up five threes a game on average, which is absolutely insane. Congrats, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Let me, let's get something straight about the Golden State Warriors real quick. They're eighth right now in the West. Klay Thompson, this is obviously his second year being out. It's really tragic. When the Golden State Warriors were playing, you know, their best basketball before Kevin Durant, they only won one championship with Kevin Durant, mind you. People, people always say, oh, you know, Kevin Durant won them those championships. No, he didn't. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green won those championships. They beat LeBron James twice. Without Kevin Durant, they beat LeBron James and Kyrie Irving twice. 
Not once, but two times in the finals. That's where LeBron James thrives. Steph Curry, the babyface assassin, was throwing it up from all cylinders, right? Klay Thompson coming on the edge. Does anybody remember the, the game, I believe it was against the Dallas Mavericks, where Klay Thompson had nine three-pointers in a single quarter? Nine for nine in the third quarter. Ended up scoring 60 points that game. People forget 2015, 16, 17, and 18. The Golden State Warriors were the best team in the league. They went 73-9. and nine. They lost nine games out of an 82-game season one year. Steph Curry, obviously he has the respect. Obviously he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Either he leaves Golden State, which I don't think he's going to do, or they bring in a guy like Giannis, or else it's done. I don't think Klay Thompson, unfortunately, after being out for two years, two years with ACLs, I don't know if he'll return the same, unfortunately. I really hope he does. But the Golden State Warriors are going to struggle for a long time. Obviously, they might make the playoffs good for them. Steph Curry has been wielding that team by himself. Watch, go, go watch a Golden State game. Do y'all remember watching Golden State in 2016, 2017, just any regular season game? The guy would only play three quarters. He wouldn't even play in the fourth quarter because they would just beat teams down. This is the kind of talent that you have out in the West like Steph Curry, and they're the eighth team in the league. That's the difference between the West and the East. That's the difference. You have a team like Golden State who is coming off of, you know, three championships in the last six, seven years, whatever, and they're one of the, you know, they're eighth. They may not make the playoffs. So those are a couple teams who are doing well. Some of the other teams aren't doing well. And I want to talk about those other teams that aren't playing good basketball, okay? I will first start out with the team I love. I have a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Wade's signed jersey above my bed. That will forever be the greatest moment of my life, receiving that jersey. The Miami Heat made the NBA Finals last year, obviously broke my heart losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. They were the favorites coming out of the East to start the season. However, due to COVID regulations, their star, Jimmy Butler, was not able to play the first 10 games of the season. And that really hurt the Heat. They did not start off well at all. Jimmy Butler was out. Tyler Hero, look, he's not a number one guy. He's great to have on your team. He'll put up some big shots. He's not the number one. You need Jimmy Butler. They need another piece down there in Miami. I, you know, Bam Adebayo, the center, is playing great basketball. He's lean. He's lanky. He can move. He plays great defense. But the Miami Heat are not anywhere near what they were last year. They're the 10th team in the East right now. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yes, I do. Will they get anywhere in the playoffs? No, I do not think they will because you have teams like the Philadelphia 76ers, you got the Milwaukee Bucks, you got the Brooklyn Nets, right? Those three teams aren't going to let anybody slide. That's not going to happen. So I really hope they can figure it out. Anybody remember, you know, when LeBron James, D-Wade, those years in Miami when you would see the crowd in all white, 15,000 people packed inside American Airlines Arena, you know, just screaming like crazy. The whole, the whole state, it was electric, right? I remember I was in the basement of our lake vacation watching the finals where Ray Allen hit that three, right? LeBron James puts up a three. He misses rebound Chris Bosh. Toss it out to Ray Allen. Bang. Bang three-pointer. 15,000 people in American Airlines Arena go ballistic, right? Dwayne Wade does his classic hop on the uh, hop on the press booth and start hyping everybody up. That was the peak of basketball for me. For me, watching that, that was so cool. 
So, so cool. I hope one day when stadiums are able to be packed again, that that kind of energy happens, right? Because it's tough not having that. And I think teams are actually struggling with that. A team like Miami. Miami has very loyal fans. They have very loyal fans. They show up to games. They show up to those games. You know, you, you look at some games like on a Wednesday, you know, maybe like let's let's take the uh, the Bucks for, for example, right? They're not going to pack the stadium deep on a Wednesday. You might have a couple thousand. You might have six, seven thousand people, but it's going to look pretty empty, right? American Airlines Arena on most home game nights would pack that arena full. And maybe it was because LeBron James. Yes, maybe it was because of Dwayne Wade. Yes. But regardless of the situation, they packed that stadium deep. And I think that really helps that momentum. You know what I'm saying? When you have 15,000 people behind you and 15,000 people going at another team, just mutilating them the entire time. I mean, come on. They sit on the sideline right there screaming and yelling at everybody. You know what I'm saying? So Pat, I really hope Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, I hope that they can get back to having fans. Hopefully the Miami Heat can figure it out. Another team that is not playing up to its potential. Obviously, they were very overhyped when it came to the start of the NBA season. The Dallas Mavericks. Now, you know the owner, Mark Cuban. Okay, he's a good guy. The Dallas Mavericks have a guy by the name of Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic, I like to call him a cheat code, right? Because at 16 years old, obviously he's from overseas. At the age of 16, he was starting for the European uh, League. That's what Luka Doncic did. He's been getting paid since he was 16 years old. I remember seeing a tweet from him. Uh, some high school player, you know, tweeted and it was like, man, how can I make money, you know, before I get to the NBA? And Luka Doncic tweeted back at him, go play in Europe. The guy knew what he was doing. At 18 years old, he's drafted to the M in like the third overall pick. He's a star, right? He's the star of the Dallas Mavericks. He's putting up almost 30 a game. He's got about, about nine assists a game. Luka Doncic, he plays basketball very slow. If you watch him, he looks very sluggish, very slow. He reminds me of a less athletic Steve Nash who can shoot from anywhere on the court. Steve Nash was very fast twitch. He could pass the ball very well, but he also played this like mild-mannered tone. He played very controlled. I think Luka Doncic does uh, this kind of a similar thing. He plays very reserved and controlled, but he'll put up shots from everywhere and bang them. The Mavs didn't start off well. Luka Doncic was the favorite for the MVP coming into the season, like uh, by Vegas. Vegas named him the favorite for the MVP. I don't think he's in that conversation anymore just because the Mavs at the moment are out of playoff contention. But when you look at the Mavs, they bring in Luka Doncic. You bring in Kristaps uh, Porzingis, a former New York Knick. Porzingis is seven foot three. Okay, he's 200 pounds. He can shoot. He can move, but he's not playing well. He's not playing well and hasn't been playing well the last couple years. If the Dallas Mavericks ever want to be a really good basketball team, they have to get more pieces. You got to get Luka another guy. And maybe, you know, you trade Porzingis away because he's not been playing well, but you got to get Luka another guy. But if this doesn't, you know, open some eyes, uh, Luka Doncic at the moment is leading the Mavs in points, rebounds, and assists. All three major categories is being led by one person. So clearly the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban need to add some more pieces, all right? Or else they're never going to be good. We see it all over sports, right? You have these incredible talents. Owners don't want to pay people 
top dollar. And then you get a team like Brooklyn that's like, yeah, yeah, give me that $100 million contract. Oh, how much is Kevin Durant getting paid? $200 million? Sure, let's take it. Kyrie Irving, $160? Sure, let's take it. We'll figure it out. Teams aren't willing to do that. And that's what's frustrating about the Dallas Mavericks because Luka Doncic is a phenomenal player. So you really would like to see them play well. The last team who's playing, uh, who's underperforming, in my personal opinion, are the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans obviously have that man by the name of Zion Williamson. He's put up like a couple 30-point games where he's gone 14 of 15 uh, from the field, meaning missed one shot. You know what I'm saying? He's shooting 60% from the field, which is absolutely incredible. Zion Williamson obviously is a freak talent, but when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans, you got Brandon Ingram around him. Lonzo Ball is playing okay basketball. Nothing special. By the way, LaMelo Ball from the, the Charlotte Hornets, the number two overall pick in the draft. Obviously, you know, he was already super famous because of his dad and his brothers. Um, but LaMelo Ball has been playing great basketball. He's been playing amazing basketball. Actually, he's putting up 20 points a game, about seven or eight assists as a rookie. He's awesome. He's a great playmaker. He can shoot the basketball. All the Ball brothers have a very unique release. They, they come from the hip. If you want to shoot a basketball well, especially in the NBA, it has to be above your ear. You cannot come from the hip, all right? It's got to be fast, switch, and quick. All the Ball brothers shoot uh, from the hip, so maybe down the line, Lonzo won't be able to keep this up, but at the moment, he's playing great basketball. The New Orleans Pelicans, even though Zion is a great player and playing really well, they're not winning games. They are, I believe, uh, 11th in the West at the moment. There are a couple teams in the West that are going to be in their way, right? I mean, right now, the 7th and 8th uh, positions in the West or the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. I think that they, that will be interchangeable, right? Maybe Golden State goes to seven. Um, you know, maybe Denver goes to eight. Dallas Mavericks are two games behind the Golden State Warriors. So maybe see them jump up to the eighth spot. Who knows? We're early on in the NBA season, right? We haven't even hit the all-star break. I hope you like this episode. I greatly appreciate everybody listening. If you don't mind, Please subscribe to the podcast on any platform that you listen to. Give us a five-star rating, nothing less than five stars, and share with a friend. Be a friend, see a friend, tell a friend. I appreciate everybody listening. I love you all so, so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. I will see you next week.